0: The unrest, the unrest podcast podcast, 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 podcast.
1: Welcome to the unrest podcast. I'm Caitlin Stansel,
2: and I'm Madeline Green. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the unrest podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We would love for you to follow along with all of our real life hunts. Whenever we post them.
1: Um, I want to start this episode by talking about something interesting I saw the other day. Okay. So I like follow this daily mail, like Snapchat, like magazine, I guess. So one of the stories on there was talking about how people are like going to World War II concentration camps and taking like influencer style photos. <laughs> Outside or inside these, like, very historical, tragic monuments to millions of people who have died.
2: Yeah, Um, automatically, no. Yeah. They're going to be haunted. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
1: and those are the people that you hope are, (laughs) to learn a lesson to, like, respect the dead. But I just remember, like, there's this one image where this girl's, like, on the train tracks leading into... Um, one of the concentration camps and like there's this guy in front of her and she's like on the railroad tracks like with her hand behind her head like posed and he's like taking a picture and all these people are like standing around looking looking at them like what the
2: hell like how embarrassing That's, like, super disgusting almost. yeah that gives me like Ick. it just like kind of yeah and pisses me off yeah I think it pisses me. Now, I I don't know how old these people were, but I'm assuming they were probably They looked younger. Yeah, exactly. And I try so hard whenever I hear, like, the older generations talk about the younger generation. Like, I do my best to take up for them because it's just – it's a whole different time. Like, they don't understand – It's just different. And so I try to take up for him because I'm like, just because it wasn't that way for you doesn't mean that that was the right way. But then shit like this. Are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) It's all about respect. (laughs) I think that's the bottom line. Like you
1: just need to have a very general level of respect to know not to do something like that. So anyways, I just thought that was really interesting and sort of piqued my interest because I mean, that is just the number one example of not respecting the dead. And that's one thing that I hope comes across in this show. And not even just the dead, like the tragically murdered. And I I just hope that that's one thing that comes across in this show is that like we do this because this is something we respectfully are interested in. And we believe that if you're able to talk about this stuff with other people like it creates a community and sort of opens up others to share their experiences so anyways I just thought that was so wild and crazy and like I mean you see that stuff from time to time people doing stuff like that but ugh, it's just so icky <laughs> yeah
2: it does flow into my story very well so our real life haunt this week is Michael and he is from the states originally but he now lives in barcelona how amazing is that truly yeah i want to experience that one day (laughs) but he shares with me a story from his younger days working in a building in the states and then he also shares a story from his traveling in siberia so take a listen
0: i think when i was younger I, i had always kind of seen things um and I wouldn't, I wouldn't exactly call it like, uh, paranormal stuff. Um, I think it was more spiritual stuff for me. Uh, I could be 100% wrong, but I've always been, I've always been a skeptic, you know, with like, you know, psychics and ghosts and, um, UFOs. Like I'm always sort of on the fence. Do I believe, do I not believe, um, until I have an experience. So Once I have an experience, then I sort of, I have my proof. I was working in Pennington, New Jersey, which is a really small town. It's kind of close to Princeton. If you're familiar with Princeton, like Princeton University, it's not too far from there, kind of central New Jersey. Uh, I was working for a graphic design firm, and there were only about 15 employees plus the owner. And the cool thing is the building... I believe it was built in the early 1800s. 1810 keeps coming to mind, although I could be way off. But it was an old building. And uh, the owner of the company who had purchased the building, he had done a little bit of research, and he had actually located and purchased a photo of the original owners. And the building used to be a general store. Uh, It was a two-story building and on the top floor was where the owners lived. And uh, when he purchased the building, I think it was, I don't know if it was residential, if someone had was living there, but he had, he had bought this building and it was, it was interesting and it was old and he kept a lot of the features in it. This was in the early 2000s. I worked there for maybe four or five years. And when I started working, Uh, not the owner, but some of the employees, some of the people I worked with kind of would joke and say like, oh, have you met the ghost yet? I was like, what are you talking about the ghost? And everyone would kind of chuckle and laugh. Um, I probably worked there about six months when, like I said, we only had about 15 employees and we were all downstairs. No one was on the second floor and we were having a very impromptu meeting with the owner. And in the middle of this meeting, we hear a door close. And it obviously came from upstairs. I didn't think anything of it. Some of the other employees chuckled, um, but mostly it went ignored. I didn't think anything of it. So that was sort of the first time that I had heard something. Like I knew no one was upstairs and I thought, man, you know, it's, a, it's a door, a window is open or whatever. The only history that I know is that it, it, it was a general store at one time, there were hitching posts out front and the photo of the business that the owner had found, it was uh, two gentlemen kind of standing proudly in front of the building. That's the only history that I know is that it it, it was a general store. It's kind of an interesting neighborhood. It was, it was zoned partially commercial and partially residential. So there were still, there still a lot of houses, a lot of old homes on this street. It was kind of a quiet street in this town and, Caddy corner to the building that i worked in was a very very old church it had a small cemetery in the in the behind it and i had explored there one day on a lunch break and most of the tombstones were soldiers from the revolutionary war and also from the civil war It it was really interesting you know it wasn't uh it wasn't marked you know it wasn't like come here to see you know, these these uh, soldiers from the Revolutionary War and from the Civil War. So it was kind of an interesting and interesting little neighborhood. Soon after I was there and after I had heard that first door close, I started to notice some, I guess we can call them anomalies. Uh, the, the layout of the building was uh, a ground floor and uh, it was all open. And, you know, there were computers and desks and whatnot. And then you would go up one of these old style stairs that were kind of really steep and narrow and you would get onto the second floor and I'm assuming at one time that's where uh, the bedrooms were and like there was an old fireplace on the second floor it was a really beautiful beautiful building and a lot of the a uh, lot of the original materials were still there I mostly worked on the second floor I was um, I was printing large format posters. So we had, we were using the bedrooms and we had all this different equipment in there. So you would go up the stairs and you would enter what I assumed was a bedroom at one time. And then there was a long hallway and there was a bathroom and there were one, two, there were three rooms up there. And I worked in one of these rooms. Sometimes when I would walk down the hallway, I would hit a cold spot like it was freezing and it, it could be, it could be the middle of summer and we didn't have air conditioning. So we always had the windows open uh, during the summer, but there were times where you would walk and all of a sudden it was just ice cold, absolutely no explanation for it. And everyone had experienced that. And I do remember the first time it happened, I had questioned one of my coworkers saying like, Hey, come here, feel this, you know? He didn't even get out of his chair. He just said, yeah, yeah, it happens all the time. It, it became incredibly common. Like, the longer that I worked there, there were plenty of times we were all on the main floor, and you would hear footsteps. Someone on the second floor, when we knew there was no one there, and you could hear them walking. You didn't hear the floorboards, which were original and old. You would hear this, like, creak, creak. and you can you you can hear the sound of someone walking from one end to the other that probably happened three or four times a month the building had a really good vibe to it 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 didn't feel frightening or scary I had kind of grown used to it the occasional cold spot the occasional door closing or the footsteps um, I never really gave it much thought because You know everyone there was so used to it and we would we would kind of laugh at times and yell and say like we hear you and then of course it would stop and there were plenty of times where we would hear it and i would go upstairs and there was no one up there like that to me there was there was no real explanation for it until i had a real encounter so i used to work long hours uh for this business there were there were many, many, many nights where I worked there alone. And I may be there till midnight, one in the morning, you know, it was a a, a deadline based printing. So if work came in at five o'clock, I usually volunteered and said, "I'll, I'll stay until the work is done. So there were plenty of times that I worked in there alone. And I can tell you, I was never afraid. I never felt any kind of an evil presence. And to be honest, I never really felt any kind of a presence there other than the cold spots and the footsteps and the creaking doors and you know all the classic stuff. But I, never, I was never afraid. And one night I was working late, I was alone, and it was probably, oh, I don't know, maybe midnight. And I was working downstairs and I start to hear the footsteps. And I was having problems with some of the, the printing equipment and I wasn't in a very good mood, and I would start to yell, like, hey, I'm trying to work, you know, <laughs> like, and it kept happening, and it kept happening. So, of course, I went upstairs and walked through a cold spot, did a check to make sure no one was there, although I was positive no one was there. And it stopped, and I went back downstairs. And I'm working on a piece of equipment, I'm printing out these posters, and I'm looking at the clock going, oh, it's midnight, I wanna go home. And I suddenly felt the presence of another person. Like the hair on the back of my neck stood up. And I turned around, (laughs) 10 feet in front of me was what looked to be like an old steamboat captain, long, black, almost like a trench coat, but something that would be worn maybe in the 1800s with the big buttons and the big collar, and he had like a big pocket watch. And I can tell that he was uh, like a very important person, big long beard, big mustache, some kind of crazy black, not really cowboy hat, but like a round hat. And he just stared at me. And I stared at him and I thought like, oh my God, (laughs) like, that's the man that's been walking around upstairs. I turned around to uh, check what I was printing and I looked back expecting him not to be there and he was still there. (laughs) It was an intense moment and I never felt any fear and we just kind of stared at each other for a few seconds and then he wasn't there. It was like, uh, it wasn't like he dissolved and faded away. He was there and then he wasn't there and I kind of shook my head. That was a real experience. And again, I didn't feel any fear. I didn't feel like this entity that was in front of me wanted to do me any harm. He wasn't evil. I think he was just saying, Hey, I'm the guy that you're walking around. Like, like it was an introduction, told everyone, including the owner. And to my surprise, no one had ever seen like an apparition that I did. But no one was very excited about it either. They were just like, oh, oh, wow, cool. Like, was he nice? (laughs) I feel like I definitely can feel when there's uh, a different energy in a space. And I don't know if it's because I worked in that building and I maybe developed a higher sense to it. But since then, I've never really had any, any experience as exciting as the few years that I worked there. You know, after I had seen this, this, what I assumed to be an old ship captain, I don't know why I thought he was a ship captain, but that was the message sort of that I got. I don't know. It's, it's kind of hard to say. It's like, uh, I think I'm a believer now because it wasn't like drugs or alcohol or, you know, I was overtired. I was just sort of annoyed that I was hearing all this noise and I was having a rough night at work the the cold spots and the noises never stopped i mean that that continued it wasn't like he made his appearance and then it all went away but i had never seen him again i think everyone has has the ability to feel different energies that kind of thing but i think most people are probably blind to it and they don't realize that when they have uh uneasy feeling that maybe there's spirits or maybe there's uh, energy in the same place where they are. I mean, I, I've had, I've had more spiritual experiences like that, than uh, ghosts or apparitions. I, I can tell you quickly, um, I've traveled to Siberia three times, and I actually wrote a book about it. And on my first trip, to Siberia, I went with a friend to visit an old Buddhist temple. And this temple during the 1950s was actually burned down by the by the Soviets at that time. And I think there were 500 monks who were studying there and they were all executed. So this place has a uh, it has a dark history. Sort of when you visit this part of Siberia, sort of one of the things you do, you take this long, like, 10-hour drive to go visit this, the ruins of this temple. And there's really nothing there. It's just this open field and there's this, this uh, burned-down temple. The only thing that's left is sort of the foundation. And what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to walk around the, the perimeter of this old temple three times clockwise it has something to do with buddhism and i can tell you as i was quietly walking around the building kind of kind of contemplating and thinking about what had happened here i suddenly felt two very distinct emotions and the first one was sadness and it was a deep deep sorrow and the other one was sort of I don't want to call it joy, but it was more like a hopeful feeling because like the Dalai Lama had visited this site and and Buddhists from around the world go to this site. So simultaneously I was feeling like the suffering that happened there, but also the hope of uh, this, this event not being forgotten. So I definitely didn't, I didn't see anything. I didn't have any apparition, but I definitely tuned into some very chaotic energy that had happened at this place. It was definitely a moment, and the friend of uh, the friend of mine that I was with that had taken me there. He, he's a local. He's a Siberian man. And uh, as I'm feeling all of this, I, I, I break down. I, I start to cry, and I'm literally on my knees. And I'm like sobbing. I'm like, Ooh, I'm like really losing my mind. I'm just like so overwhelmed. After a minute, kind of got up, dried my tears away, and I walked over to him. I said, "Oh man, I'm really sorry." And he just smiled and he said, Michael, you're not the only person that's cried here. So I thought that was that was kind of heavy. I didn't question it because I understood. I understood other people had been there that probably felt the same energy that I did. If you want to Google that location, it's called Ustuhure, the Republic of Tuva. They do a music festival there every couple of years. and And they were they were taking the, the profits from this festival and they actually rebuilt a replica of this temple, which is maybe, I don't know, a football field away. It's sort of in the same field. A very, very interesting place, a super spiritual place. You don't have to be like a practicing Buddhist to, to go there and, and maybe feel something. I'm a U.S. citizen. I'm currently living in, in Barcelona, Spain. And you know, I don't think I've ever heard anyone here speak about ghosts, but I have heard plenty of people speak about spirituality or about an energy of a place. There's a there's a very famous mountain range, not too far outside of Barcelona that's called um, Montserrat. And Montserrat is this big, crazy mountain chain, and there is a there's a Christian monastery there that was built. I think they first started building it in like the year, I don't know, the 1300s, Like it's super old. And I've been there quite a few times and it's sort of a Catholic pilgrimage site. A lot of people like myself who are more spirituality based go there. And I can tell you, if you ever visit these mountains, you will feel something. There's, there's an energy there. It, it's uh It's powerful and it's strong. Um, And oddly enough, there's a lot of UFO sightings around these mountains. Energetically rich place. Logically, if you do the math, we can't be the only only intelligent life form in the known universe. I did see one UFO as a child. I, I grew up in Trenton, New Jersey. And I think when I was around nine or 10, I was out at night with two cousins and my aunt. And we all saw a UFO like in the city. It was the, it's was, it was kind of odd. And uh, we all saw it. We all acknowledged that we saw it. It was sort of boomerang shaped, and it was sort of like the color of the moon. You know, like a whitish yellow. And I, I couldn't tell you how high in the sky it was. It didn't make a sound. It was there. We all sort of went, ooh what's that? And then it disappeared. And then it was just, it was gone. So I'm a believer in UFOs and not, not only because I saw one, I just believe logically, if you do the math, there has to be other intelligent life.
1: I love what, you know, he was saying about much of the world besides the United States you know, looks at the afterlife or ghosts or whatever you want to call it in more of a spiritual
2: sense. Whereas here we almost like commercialize it. (laughs) Right. I think we're changing a little bit to the more spiritualistic type thing. Um, especially like, with more people, you know, when COVID came around and everyone was anti-vaccine, so they became very um, holistic all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, so they're now They're more it's open like, to these ideas now. Right? Now they're being more spiritualistic. And <laughs> so I do think that I do feel like a change kind of coming in, but we are very much commercial, very focused on like being scared. The shock factor of it. Exactly. So it was definitely interesting to hear that take. And I figured that that was probably the the way it went, you know, just because I've never been to another country. But I've like I've looked into it and stuff like that. And you just get that feeling, you know, mm-hmm. um, well,
1: and I feel like even the way they tell their history and like memorialize their historic buildings and castles and all that. Obviously, we don't have necessarily the same level of historic artifacts as they do in Europe and other countries. But there's just like there's just a lot of respect surrounding all of that and very intentional around how they preserve them for, you know, decades and decades to come. Yeah. Well, if you have a story that you'd love to share with us, email us at the unrestpodcast at gmail.com. We would love to Hear and share your real life haunt.
2: Also, check us out on social media, but don't post any unrespectful selfies in (laughs) historical sites. Tragic areas. (laughs) But do find us on Instagram and TikTok and all the good stuff. Again, we're still doing our giveaway on Instagram. You could win $25 gift card. (laughs) But until next (laughs) Until next time, unrest in peace. peace.